You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Felix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right. Welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Well, that was awesome. What a night last night at Safeco Field. Incredible ball game as the Mariners beat the Boston Red Sox in dramatic fashion. Man, it was something. Mariners trailing 4-0 going into the eighth. David Price, one of the best in the business, was dominant. He was sensational, untouchable, and the Mariners get to work. They score five in the inning, a dramatic home run by Robinson Cano. Edwin Diaz storms out of the bullpen to claim his first Major League save. I mean, it was something. So we're going to get to all the highlights in just a moment. We have lots of reaction from the game, too. So we'll go to the clubhouse and get all kinds of reaction from the game. That comes up. A long conversation. Aaron Goldsmith sat down with Mike Zanino, which is very timely. Mike Zanino, part of the tremendous outburst last night. And also, Kevin Martinez is going to be here. He's going to give us a preview of this weekend, Ken Griffey Jr. weekend. But this was something. As the Mariners beat the Boston Red Sox in dramatic fashion, especially in context of losing a couple heartbreakers in a row, a great win for the Mariners last night. They fell behind early. LeBlanc on the hill, getting his first start in a long time, facing David Ortiz with the runner on. Not exactly the scenario you want to have in the first inning, but that's what happened, and Ortiz knocks in the first Boston run. LeBlanc pauses, delivers. Swinging a shot the opposite way. This is already a race, and he can't get to it. It's off the base of the wall. This is Pedroia to second. He makes a turn. He's being waved in from third. Heredia throws home. Seager's throw to the plate. It's up the first baseline, and a run is in. The Red Sox with two outs at the top of the first strike early. On yet another RBI from David Ortiz, number 86 this year, makes it a one to nothing Boston. After that, though, LeBlanc really settled in. In fact, uh, you can give a lot of credit to this win to LeBlanc for hanging around and keeping the Mariners in the ballgame. He retired nine in a row after that double, including a strikeout of Ortiz. The 0-2. Ortiz swings and misses. He spins almost around in a 360. Another changeup from Wade LeBlanc. He has fanned Bogarts and now Big Poppy to begin this top of the fourth, and he sat down nine in a row. Nine in a row put down, but that ended quickly. One swing of the bat as Ramirez uh, nearly hit one of the moon. The kick down the pitch. Swing of this is destroyed. High out to left center field. Absolutely crushed. And this is on top of the out-of-town scoreboard. Onto the netting. Absolutely hammered by Ramirez. His 14th home run of the season has made it 2 to nothing. Red Sox. 455 feet away from home plate. You do not see balls hit 
right there in left center field above the scoreboard got caught in the netting a fan wrestling with the netting for <laughs> for a good five minutes before uh, the authorities stepped in but just a ball that was absolutely crushed. And then Boston would add another one. Aaron Hill picks up a base hit in an RBI. The one toss. Swing of this is shot into left field. Heredia comes in, but he has to play it on a bounce. Bradley puts on the Jets. He rounds third. Heredia's throw home. It's high. And up the third baseline, Bradley slides in safely. And he swats home plate with his right hand. It's 3-0 Boston. Aaron Hill scorches an RBI single into left. Into the sixth, David Price had just given up two hits, and even when the Mariners hit the ball hard, they couldn't pick up a base hit. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Line drive off of Price. It goes right to Hill at third, scoops it up, throws to first. It is in time to get Sardinius. Price got drilled. Here comes John Farrell. Here comes the trainer, and now everyone's going to gather around David Price as he absolutely got lasered with a line drive. And it looks like it went off his knee. Yeah, right off his knee. It looked like his kneecap. And it went right to Hill at third base, who threw to first. Mariners peppered the ball all over the place in the sixth inning with just a base hit to show for it. And it looked like it was just going to be one of those kinds of nights as David Price kept the Mariners off the board through sixth and then went one, two, three in the seventh. And we head to the eighth. Seven scoreless for Price at this point. Then Mike Zanino, one big swing. His first pitch of the inning, swing, and this is swatted off the bat as Zanino crushed. Left field, gone! Zanino wastes no time. Home run number four. Absolutely obliterated to left field. Beyond the bullpen, Mariners on the board. It's 4-1 Red Sox. And then it all came together for the Mariners. Base hit Martin, base hit Sardinius, and then Heredia checks in with his first major league knock. And the lefty's pitch. Swing and he fights it off the hands. It's over. Ramirez is gloving. It's in the right field. Here comes Martin at third. He's being waved home. Bets his throw goes to the infield. Another run in. Guillermo Heredia's first major league hit is a run scoring single into right field. And it has brought the Mariners a run closer against David Price. It's 4-2 Red Sox. That was nicely timed. His first major league base hit, driving at a run. He's at first base. Seth Smith comes on as a pinch hitter. Boston goes to the bullpen. Price is chased. Barnes K's Smith. And then they go to the bullpen again. They bring in a bot. His first appearance in a Boston uniform coming over from the Twins. He has just crushed lefties this year. His curveball in particular. In fact, we were talking about it right before the pitch. A buck 88 lefties hitting against the curveball. No home runs off the curveball this season. Abad had made Cano look bad on one swing at the at-bat, but then Cano made him pay with a huge swing that changed this game. The 1-2, swing, and this is cross right field, gone! Three-run homer, Robinson Cano off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it That was awesome. Three-run home run to give the Mariners the lead. Just incredible. And then the fans feeding off the home run 
it was just electric in here when Edwin Diaz ran onto the field. The the wall opened. He runs onto the field. The place goes nuts, and boy, did he deliver. Diaz kicks, fires, checks, swings, strike three, called at 99 miles an hour. Diaz slams the door. He nails it in the ninth inning. Career Major League save number one for Edwin Diaz and plenty more to come. Edwin Diaz, one inning, no hits, no runs, one walk, and three punch outs. His first career save. Roach gets the win. He's been the good luck charm as he picks up the win. Robinson Cano, a big blast. Number 24 on the season, three-run job. Zanino, a solo home run to set the table in the eighth inning. And the Mariners get the win over the Red Sox 5-4. to four. What a game this was. So there it was, Diaz the save, the Mariners the win. Unbelievable. Let's start with Robinson Cano. He's the one that bashed the big home run. Here's what he said on the field right after the game. Down here with Robinson Cano after a couple of tough losses. How big is this one and the way it happened? Well, I mean, every game is big for us right now. I mean, we're going to get back on the, on the playoff. We got, we got, we got to, we got to get back on track again. Now, I mean, every game means a lot to us. So I, I see it's a great win, and uh, you know, coming from behind, we just saying to us last night, and then we got him back today. Abad is one of the toughest lefties there is out of the bullpen. He's got a nasty breaking ball. What did you see in that at bat? Well, no doubt. I mean, he's one of the nasty lefties right now in the game, and uh, he said numbers don't lie. But um, you know, I was able to take advantage that um, that was a pitch over the plane, be able to um, take advantage and make a good swing. How big to get this win against David Price as well, who pitched so well in this one? Well, you know, one of the best starts in the game. I mean, he's a guy that um, we all know, you know, how competitive he is and what, guy, what, what a stuff he got. So, I mean, it was a great for us. And, um, you know, and guy was um, jumping and taking another pitch over the plate last inning. You hit the home run. You guys take the lead. Edwin Diaz out of the bullpen. What was the atmosphere like in this building when he took the mound? Well, I mean, you, you, you can see how big that was. You know, fans know what he's been doing for us the whole year. And that, that was great. Be the first, the first game as a closer. I mean, he did a pretty good job. Thanks, Robbie. Congratulations. Thank you. And Edwin Diaz, his first career save. Here's what he had to say. And then when Cano comes up to me, I stay relaxed. He helped me a lot in the mound. Every time when he talk to, uh, come talk to me, I do everything good. You know, I appreciate that. But, you know, my first save. <laughs> hey, the crowd's rocking. I mean, heart's got to be thumping a little bit. One run game, the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, I was pumped a little bit. When I when I was running, I, I heard everybody screaming. Uh, that, that pumped a little bit more me too, you know. And that's the result. Is it everything that you expected? Yeah. No, expect to get the three hours. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was that conversation about after the walk? Uh, was it just about slowing down and, and sort of settling in? Yeah, it, it come to me, told me so it's, it's slowing down, and you you got the charge to the double play, and he he, he left. We were talking about before the game whether the ninth inning is any different. So now that you've done it, what do you what do you say? I I think it's the same thing. You know, a little bit more pressure, but. I feel the same thing in the seventh, the eighth. No, nothing different. What was it like watching the rally and then all of a sudden having to get up and start throwing and get ready to come in there in the ninth when, when you had the chance to close it down? Well, what was amazing when Crowe hit the ball, I started I start warming up quick. <laughs> I don't know why, but I started warming up quick and I was ready to come to the game. 
And here's Mike Zanino. He threw some great pitches to me, and I, I just wanted to get something in the zone early and just try, try to get the barrel to it. And uh, he just left it middle, and I was I was able to do that. What was the energy <clears> like <throat> after that in the dugout? Oh, it was good. You I mean, and uh, sometimes I mean the home run doesn't lead to those big innings, but uh, you mean Leonis and Sardinas and Heredia did a great job of you mean put some good at bats together to turn it over to Robbie, who obviously got the big knock to, to put put the lead up there. It looked pretty bleak there in the seventh, through the seventh inning. This guy, this guy was really tough on you guys. Man, he was throwing the ball so well. Uh, I mean, everything was working for him. I mean, he used his cutter, his curveball changeup. I mean, his fastballs, I mean, so dominant. He, he locates it so well. And uh, just to be able to grind that out and get to him late in the game is, uh, is a huge win for us. And you can't forget about Wade LeBlanc, who kept the Mariners in the ball game, solid pitching against a team that scored more runs than any other team in baseball, and it's not close. They came in with 40 more runs than the Colorado Rockies, who have scored the second most in baseball. And uh, Wade LeBlanc kept it close, kept him in the game. It's a situation where I think it's on the radar for a starting pitcher. Just hold it and don't let it get away. And that's what yeah. you did for six innings. I mean, goal number one is to give up no runs, obviously. Um, especially when, you're, when your team's facing a guy like Price. Um, but, you know, once baseball being a game of failure, once you ultimately give up runs, um, the goal is to keep it as close as you can. And with an offense like we have, it's three runs or less, you're always in the game. Slam range, really. Grand slam range, you're always in the game. So um, it was just give us give us as many innings as I could and, and you know, keep the keep the game as close as I could. It looked like you know, the only one pitch you might really want back that was one Hanley kind of turned around what, a little bit. Um, Z did outstanding behind the plate. Uh, guys like him and I know to make it really easy to, to walk through a game and, and think your way through a game and you know, you don't have to think that much on the mound when you got guys like that behind the dish. So um, they did good, and then the only thing that falls on my shoulders is, is being able to execute and, and keep the ball off the barrel. What impressed you most about the entire win tonight? Oh man, just the the, the way we kept battling. You know, Price uh, Price is who he is. He, he makes what he makes for a reason, and, and he showed it tonight. And then you know, you get out there in the eighth inning and. and I'm, I'm watching from from in here, and you see the you see the guys putting together at bats like they put together, and it's just uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. And for LeBlanc, the last time that he started at Safeco Field, the Mariners beat the White Sox and Chris Sale, so that was the last time he started at Safeco Field. You go back to the first time that he started in a Mariners uniform; it was against Carlos Martinez. And the Mariners won that one in dramatic walk-off fashion. That was Adam Lind. So I don't know what about what it is about Wade LeBlanc when he takes the mound. There is some sort of magic because three times now when he's taken the mound against some of the best pitchers in baseball, he's kept the Mariners in the game, and the M's have won the game against St. Louis, Carlos Martinez, against the White Sox, and Chris Sale. And now against David Price and the Boston Red Sox. Really amazing. <laughs> really is. He was great uh, and kept the M's in the game. The Mariners get the win. Here's what Scott Service, the skipper, had to say about everything. What just happened? It's the greatest game in the world, right? It's, it's baseball. It's, you can't explain it. Yeah, you really can. As, uh, as tough as the last couple days have been with the, the late inning losses and, and – um, you know, to come back tonight, you know, says a lot about our guys. Obviously, uh, I'm, 
uh, excited for the young kid Heredia finally getting his hit. Obviously Diaz uh, gets his first save, but you know, Robbie huge hit. Yeah, it's just crazy. We're sitting on the bench and you know, and, like trying to talk myself into it. Felt like the Chris Sale game, <laughs> you know, last home stand. But again, you're trying to talk yourself into it. And you know, luckily we got some big hits and we hung in there. Nice win for our guys. And, you know, you know, crack price. I mean, he was dominant. For yeah, that was really the, the turning point. You know, he got a breaking ball in the middle and, and put a good swing on it and kind of gave us a little energy, got it going a little bit. And then uh, it was great. You know, uh, I tip my hat to our guys, just kind of keep fighting and keep battling because when you're not hitting, it looks like you're not trying. And, and our guys are trying. Uh, pretty good pitcher out there for them tonight as well. Yeah, really, really good job uh, against a really good lineup. Um, back and forth, obviously the, the home run he gave up and he gave up the two spot in the other inning, but to get six innings out of him tonight and, and he hadn't pitched in like nine or ten days, uh, really good effort there. About Diaz, first first go at the closer spot. He was, like, worked out pretty well. He was okay. Yeah, no, he's obviously since he's been here, he's been electric. I think, uh, you know, just Keep your emotions in check, and and uh, that's that's what he did. You know, a few pitches got away from a little bit on the walk, but he got right back in there. And uh, it's great for for him. Um, you know, again, the energy uh, boosts the young players, drive the game. I'm a huge believer in that, and the energy they bring every day, and they have out something out to prove, and you need those. You know, the veterans need that. Uh, they kind of push them a little bit too. You, you touched on this earlier, but after the last two nights. Even bigger? Oh, <laughs> I believe me, I would have not. I would have preferred not to have to gone through the last two nights. But uh, uh, is this bigger? I don't know. The, you know, winning these games come from behind. Um, they're all big. You know, you, you appreciate it. Um, that's what makes baseball great. You know, and as much as you know, the fans ride the uh, the roller coaster with us. Uh, you know, there's times when we are tough to watch. <laughs> I, I, I get it. And but you got to keep watching. Uh, because our guys don't quit and they believe in each other and they believe something good's going to happen. And, you know, tonight it did. It was fun. All right. Now the Mariners get back to it tonight. 7 10 first pitch. Hasashi Iwakuma takes the mound for the Mariners. 7 10. Ams will try and take, uh, take a hold of the series till two games left in the four game series. So we'll see what happens tonight. Now we're going to give it off to Aaron Goldsmith, his conversation with Mike Zanino. Well, Mike, we sit here inside the Mariners dugout on a gorgeous day here at Safeco Field, and you're just getting done with some early BP. And I have to imagine, even for a guy with massive power, early BP is not about just parking the ball in empty seats. What is it that you're looking to accomplish when you come out to hit early? I think every day sort of has something different to work on. I mean, for me, it's just working on getting into my swing path and, and sort of getting that as consistent as, uh, consistent as possible. And uh, it's a good way to do that. You're not looking at results. You're not trying to, you know, I mean, like you said, drive the ball out of the ballpark. or you're, you're not too worried about results. As long as everything mechanically gets where you need to, that's the time you can put the, the time and effort into it. Last night, game one with the Red Sox, you were asked to do something that is not particularly easy, and that is to be on the bench all night long come off the bench in the ninth inning to face maybe the best closer in the game, certainly the best in the last handful of years in Craig Kimbrell. You were able to draw a ball four, draw a walk to keep the Mariners alive in that game. You haven't pinched it a whole lot over the course of your career. What was that like for you last night? I mean, it's definitely uh, an exciting situation to be in, uh, especially when you're going off a guy that's as good as Kimbrell. But uh, for me, it was just uh, first swing I gave myself, uh, you mean, the opportunity to get on a fastball and try to try to do that to sort of see where I was at. 
uh, he blew it by me, and then uh, luckily he threw some sliders down away for for a couple balls, and uh, I was able to uh, you mean just draw the walk. But uh, when when you face a guy like that, you're just trying to get a pitch in the strike zone, and uh, just put the barrel to it. It's been really enjoyable watching you progress from last year to this year at the major league level offensively. What is it that you'd use to describe where you were at this time last year in the major leagues compared to where you are this year in the major leagues? Uh, lost, completely lost last year and uh, found this year. <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, yeah, last year was a struggle. I mean, uh, when I was in the box, I mean, the most comfortable from, the most comfortable thing for me to do was swing. And uh, either if it was good or bad pitches, uh, I mean, I felt like if I could swing and, and try to hit the ball and get out of there, it was the best thing for me because I was thinking too much. But now you mean I have a plan. I, I feel comfortable in what I'm doing mechanically and with my approach. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do now, stay consistent with that, and that's helped me through this whole process. Who has been the biggest influence on you during that time? We know that, of course, Scott Brocious at the AAA level, new hitting coach for the Rainiers, has been outstanding. All the reports we've heard here in Seattle is how good he has been with the young hitters there. Of course, you've got Edgar here at the Major League level. What was it? Who's been the biggest influence? Oh, I think it's a combination of, of all of them. I mean, it's been so, such a pleasure to work with those guys. Brocious is amazing, and he was uh, he was great in AAA because he sort of said, hey, go out there, play, and then he would let you play four or five games, and if you felt like there was something wrong, you could approach him, and he already had it in his mind what it could be. So uh, he was he was very uh, you mean hands-off in the sense of telling you what to do, and he let you sort of figure it out on your own, which was nice because to eliminate those voices was a big was a big thing for me and, and just to trust myself. And obviously coming up here, Edgar is – I mean, phenomenal. I mean, he's obviously one of the most natural hitters to ever play. And for, for him to be here and being a hitting coach, I mean, you can just keep picking secrets from him back every day. And it's, it's a constant back-and-forth communication with him, and it's, it's a lot of fun to learn from him. Let's talk a little bit about your craft behind the plate. Pitch framing has become such an in vogue thing to talk about in recent years. And there are metrics to judge it, but it's kind of tough to tell how accurate those metrics are. What is it that you put into the art of pitch framing that makes you so successful in making sometimes those borderline pitches look like strikes? For me, my, my big philosophy is I'm trying to trying to keep strikes strikes. I don't want to take anything out of the strike zone. I don't want to you mean our pitchers to make a good pitch and then get punished for it. So that's really my whole thought process behind it. I'm trying to keep every strike that would be a strike normally in the strike zone. And for me, uh, you mean occasionally you get the ones that are balls called strikes, but you mean, I'm really not trying to do too much to steal pitches, but it's just one of those things where it happens, and a lot of it depends on how your pitcher is and how the umpire is that day. We hear a lot of players at this level talk about using film to break down a swing. Pitchers use it to break down their mechanics. Do catchers use film to break down what you're doing behind the plate? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe not so much for receiving, but definitely throwing and definitely with some blocking. I mean, just to sort of see, I mean, if you're, you're getting to the right positions. And uh, it's one of those things where it's not too much because we're back there every night and we get plenty of work on it. But, you I mean, if something feels off, it's always a nice luxury to have that film there and be able to break whatever you need to down to sort of see where you're going wrong. It's been a lot of fun watching Edwin Diaz make a splash in the major leagues this year. Between the fastball, which we've seen touch 101, just a vicious slider. What's it like catching Edwin Diaz? I mean, it's fun. I mean, it, you really can't go wrong either. You either put <laughs> fastball or slider down the way he's been throwing the ball. But, uh, I mean, to see such a young guy come out here, I mean, he's made such a great transition to, you mean, the bullpen. And, and now, all of a sudden, he's, he's one of the best arms we got out there. I mean, he's the most consistent guy we've had lately. And, I mean, to have him come in late in the ball games and, and not show any bit of, uh, you mean, sort of fear or anxiety is, is, is really impressive. So you mentioned earlier about keeping a strike a strike when you're behind home. How is it? 
that you're able to take a 100 mile an hour fastball on the edge because we've seen Diaz dot in triple digits. How are you able to have the sure strength to hold that pitch on the borderline fringe of the strike zone and keep it a strike? Yeah, for me, the biggest thing you sort of have to anticipate, know, know how your guys' pitches move and then anticipate what what the pitch is going to do and try to beat it to the spot and uh, I mean if you try to catch it and do all the work after that you're probably going to get beat by the ball uh, so you want to sort of meet the ball with with the force knowing where it may go and I mean sometimes you mean you, you drop it or you don't catch it clean but I mean I, I take the chances of you mean doing that and you I mean I trust the guys and their stuff that's going to be consistent. Do you do specific exercises strength exercises especially on your glove hand side? Uh, not during the uh, not during the year. I mean, uh, during the off season. I mean, obviously, I try to you mean build everything up, hand strength, grip strength. But uh, I mean, during the season, there's a lot of work in there. A lot of it is, uh, you mean, just glove work. I mean, and uh, I mean, if you can get your glove in the right position, there's a chance that you can keep it there better. Um, there's few pitches where you need to just I mean, muscle it and, and use the strength for it. But a lot of time, it can just be technique with your glove. Mike, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for the time. Yep. Thank you. And now here's Kevin Martinez to give us a preview of what will be a fabulous weekend. And Kevin, uh, thanks for carving out some time for us. We know that we have got a very, very big homestand coming up. Four games against the Red Sox, but then an enormous Griffey weekend, Kevin. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Um, you know, all three games we celebrate uh, the Mariners' very first Hall of Famer. And uh, it starts on Friday night, Aaron, with uh, a Hall of Fame bobblehead giveaway. And the bobbleheads are always uh, very popular, and this one is uh, probably the collectible in the in all the years of our bobblehead giveaways. This is the <laughs> one that uh, everybody's clamoring for. Uh, junior a replica, of Junior holding his uh, Hall of Fame plaque. Saturday is really the big day, the number retirement ceremony. We're going to open gates uh, an hour earlier than normal. Gates will open at 3:40. Um, the first 20,000 fans will receive a replica Hall of Fame plaque. Uh, that, that is uh, in Cooperstown. Um, they'll also, um, on Friday night and at Saturday's game, have a chance to see Ken's plaque. Uh, Jeff Eidelson, the president of the Hall of Fame, is coming to Seattle. He's bringing the actual plaque, and people will be able to uh, get a look at that on the concourse. The number of retirement ceremony starts at 5.30, and we've got some, some real special things planned for that. Uh, that's going to be uh, just, a, just a, a terrific uh, ceremony. And then on Sunday, we, uh, we rounded out with uh, a replica jersey giveaway. It's a, a jersey that looks like Junior's rookie uh, year jersey, the one he wore in 1989, um, and that's presented by Nike. And, again, that's for the first 20,000 fans. So all week long, you're, you're going to be here in Hip Hop Hooray. You're going to be uh, <laughs> reliving Junior's career. It, it's going to be a three-day party. It really is. Now, you mentioned that on Saturday night, I believe, Kevin, that gates will open an hour early for batting practice. And it seems as though Mariners fans will see something unusual on all the Mariners hitters during BP. This is a, a, a ceremonial batting practice, if there was ever such a thing, right? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, on Friday night, well, the, the team's going to come out in uh, retro uniforms. They're going to be wearing Junior's 1989 uniform. Um, so that'll be kind of a, a, another turn-back-the-clock type of event. So that'll look really great on Friday. And then on Saturday, as you point out, during batting practice, every player will be wearing the number 24 uh, in a, with a special batting practice jersey that will have the number retirement patch on it. And that will be the last time that you'll ever see the number 24 uh, at any level of the Mariners organization worn on field. And, and what's cool is now it's up to the fans for eternity to uh, to wear Junior's number because they're the only ones who can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, Kevin, 
people are listening to this saying, I, I want to be there. I want to be at Safeco Field. Are there still tickets available for these three games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah, you know, definitely Friday and Sunday there are tickets. I think there are some scattered tickets available on uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, you'd, you'd have to probably check right now at Mariners.com. Um, I didn't check this morning, but I, I knew as of yesterday there were a few out there. Whether they remain, um, I, I'm, I'm unfortunately not prepared to, to give you that info. But um, Friday That's and the first Sunday, time. They, yeah, yeah, right, first time ever. Um, Friday and Sunday, there are definitely tickets available. And like I said, all three games are, are, are going to be just a celebration of uh, Ken's career. And it's three of the biggest giveaways that uh, we've ever had. I can't recall a weekend where every game has had a giveaway of this magnitude. So uh, really a, a special weekend uh, at Safeco Field. And hopefully if you can't be there for all three, you can be there at least for one of them. Junior right down on the knob of the bat, waving that black beauty right out toward Pavlik. Has it cocked, and Pavlik is set. The pitch on the way to Ken Griffey Jr., and it's swung on and belted deep to right field. Get out the right, Brett Grandma. It is grand salami time. I don't believe it. One swing of the bat, the first pitch, and Ken Griffey Jr. has given the Mariners a 6-2 lead over the Texas Rangers. My, oh my, what a shot by Junior, and he has never hit a bigger one. See you later! It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.